Hello and welcome to OK, Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Calvin Moore. Just like to let you guys know that this podcast promotes discussions on politics, race, and the hopeful concerns of ideas that both the right and the left can agree upon. I know that our conversations will be passionate, cerebral, and extremely subjective. We'll speak on such subjects as the president, race relations, and how we as citizens of the greatest nation on the face of the earth might continue to create and promote those ideas and laws that will not only protect, but also allow for unprecedented growth and opportunity to and for all Americans. Okay, so let's get right to it. Let's talk about it and let's talk about some politics. So before I just jump right into politics, let me just give you guys a little bit of an understanding, a little background upon, you know, of myself so you know, you know, who I am and what I stand for. Again, my name is Calvin Moore and I'm a 52-year-old black man living in what I deem to be the greatest country on the face of the earth. I flip real estate professionally, but I love politics. I really do. And I, I mean, I am not some political professor. I've never taken a, you know, a um, political poli-sci course in my life. It's just that I think that I love more the human about the human condition more than politics, really. I, I, I want everybody kind of to have the opportunity to um, revel in the same type of opportunities that I, you know, that, that I, that I'm a part of, as well as I would love to be able to, you know, play in the playground of, you know, other people without having someone look at the color of my skin or the what what the political persuasion I am and make a judgment call so i think it's all about bettering the human con- condition and how do you do that through politics right so so that's that's who i am and let me break down the show a little bit because of who i am I felt as though, especially right now with all of the rhetoric between, especially between Trump supporters and never Trumpsters, it's, it's rough out there. (laughs) It's really, it's really bad. I mean, the, the amount of, um, derision is off the charts and it's on both sides. I talked to some um, Trump supporters who are extremely factual with their discussions with me. And we can have that, the cogent discussions and the debates. We can go back and forth. We both understand like what President Obama said. We, we can, we can uh, disagree without being disagreeable. But then, you know, there's some never Trumpsters that are throwing stuff against the wall that, you know, I, 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 I clutch my pearls. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, you're making it look bad for the rest of us. You know, kind of like relax. 
let the let the Trump supporters do that because they woo, they are doing it. So so the thing is, we're all doing it. We're all doing it. And I think what we need to do is talk about it. So this show, we're going to go over those three overarching topics of politics, race, and, 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 and then after the politics and race, let's have a consensus. Let's have a meeting of the mind. Let's, let's see if we can share a common ideology and push the rhetoric to the side, at least for the time being. So that's why politics, race, and consensus. Now, with that said, let's talk about politics and let's go straight to the top. <laughs> let's talk about the president. Okay, if you guys haven't been able to glean so far, yes, I am a Democrat. I like to fool around sometimes and say that I am a conservative Democrat having extremely liberal Republican point of views. You know, so I'm a moderate. I'm right in the middle of the road. You know, that I'm a moderate on the Democrat side. If I was a Republican, I would be what they would call a, a Rockefeller Republican, right, right there in the middle. Conservative on some, you know, on certain things, not so on, you know, other things. I'm a capitalist. I believe in free markets, definitely. Definitely, without a doubt. So um, you know, that that that's that's who I am. But talking about the president. I am a never Trumpster. I cannot ever see myself voting for Donald J. Trump. Anyone, anyone other than Donald J. Trump. The plethora of Republicans out there I would want to see in office rather than Donald J. Trump. And, 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 and right now, even though I'm a factual type of guy, like I said, this first show, we're going to take it light. It'll be very subjective. So there's really no, no true amount of facts that's backing what I'm about to say up. It's just how I feel. But I'm the type of person, and I think all of you might be the type of people that when you are looking at someone to be friendly with, call a friend. You look for a certain amount of, you know, a, a certain amount of morals that that person has a certain morals, certain values because those morals and values make up their character. I mean, I always look for basically seven things from my friends and even my, you know, my political people that, you know, the political appointees or the people that uh, I would vote for. I, I look for charity is there a certain amount of chastity, diligence, humility, kindness, patience, temperance? Are you, don't you guys agree? We're on the same side, I'm on the opposite side of the same coin. I stay away from people who are prideful, greedy, lustful, envious, gluttonous. They're always angry. And they're lazy as can be. I stay away from those type of people. Do you? <laughs> and if you haven't, if you haven't guessed it, what I just did was I basically, you know, went down 
went down the went down the uh, row for the seven heavenly virtues as compared to the seven deadly sins. And this president in spades comprises all of the seven deadly sins. And I know some of you, well, no, he doesn't, Calvin. No, he does not. Okay, well, yes, he does. And let's look at it. Let's let's look at sloth, okay? Being, being, being uh, lazy. I mean, the definition of sloth is the habitual disinclination towards work. Just a couple days ago, news announcement, this president has played more golf than any other president. At the tune of $115 million, the cost to the, to the taxpayers, to us taxpayers. Now, I have debates with my Trump supporters all the time, how they point a finger saying that the Democrats have cost, has cost the, the country $40 million for the Mueller investigation. At least another $40 million for this impeachment inquiry. And that this president doesn't take a $400,000 a year salary. So let's do the math. Mueller, $40 million. Impeachment inquiry, $40 million. I'll give you a credit of $400,000. That's $79,600,000 as compared to this, uh, this president spending or, you know, uh, doing golf all the time, having golf outings all the time, rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of golf at a tune of $115 million. I truly believe that shows sloth. What about wrath? Anger. Hostile response to a perceived provocation. Just a couple days ago, all the heads of state just met up. And Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, said some unflattering things about the president and had a little bit of a, a laugh, uh, laugh while having drinks with you know three other, uh, three other heads of state. Trump heard about it, jumped on the plane, Air Force One, went back home, and while in the air said that the Prime Minister of Canada was two-faced. Nice third grade description. He's two-faced. So yeah, wrath, gluttony, overcome uh, consumption for money and power. We know we don't even have to go there. Envious. When one lacks another's superior quality and either desires it or wishes that the other person never had it. Is Trump envious? I believe he is. Two words. President Obama. <laughs> I can see Trump supporters now. Uh, uh. Well, well, but, but am I right? President Obama. Just use um, Obamacare as an example. Trump tried to dismantle it, and he really didn't even try to dismantle it. All he really wanted to do was, you know, change a couple commas, put a couple colons somewhere, and then take Obamacare off and throw up Trump care. That's all he wanted to do. Because he's envious. So yes, check, he's envious. Lust, an intense want for power and money. Let's go to the next one. Greed or avarice, the desire to possess more than one's needs. Oh, definitely. And then pride, foolish or warped sense of personal value. Foolish or warped sense of personal value. It's funny how this president continually says, 
I, 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 me, 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 how I did this, how I, not how his team did it or how the administration did it or how we, the people did it. No, me, 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 I, I, yep. In spades, all the seven deadly sins, none of the heavenly virtues, no charity, no chastity. (laughs) Oh, when, when Trump was a candidate right before the election, didn't he pay off? <laughs> didn't he pay off two women? One a uh, Playboy playmate and another uh, porn star, adult actress. So we won't even go down. We won't even say chastity. Diligence, diligence. If this president was diligent at all, would you? do you think we would be in this mess as far as impeachment is concerned? If he was diligent, could he have called in aides, his his lawyers, ask them, hey, what do you guys think? I want to hold up aid to a foreign country. Aid that was voted upon by the House. Bipartisan votes, both Republicans and Democrats, to get $400 million over to the Ukraine. Can I hold that up? So that the president of the Ukraine can start a investigation into a top political rival. Can I do that? No diligence there. Humility is he humble? We don't even have to go there. Kindness coming down the escalator when he when he when he announced his candidacy, he said some pretty unkind things about Mexicans. Patience, nope. Temperance, nope. Okay, and yes, like I said, this is all subjective. It's very light right now, no facts. I know that the Trump supporters are all going, oh my God, here he goes. You know, he 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 says these things, and who wants a president who has heavenly virtues? We all want him to be deadly. <laughs> we, all want, we all want our presidents to have all of the deadly sins in spades, don't we? No, we don't. No, we don't. Republicans, they'd be the first ones to say to say that their hero, their hero president, Ronald Reagan, he had a certain amount of the heavenly virtues. He knew about diligence and humility. He wouldn't have been able to get the Russians to and the East Germans and the West Germans and communism in, as a whole to fall the way it did if he wasn't diligent, if he wasn't humble, if he didn't know when to move, where to move, how to move, and when and where to do it properly. Not this president. Obama. President Obama. Same thing. Same thing. He had the deadly sins as well as the heavenly virtues. Not this president. So that's politics. And and, and I'm, I, I'm doing it like I said, kind of light. <laughs> Woo! If this is light, right? You hate to see what heavy looks like, but kind of light. Let's get the let's get the conversation started. I can't wait. I can't wait to debate, and um, you know, again, not throw shade at people just for the sake of throwing shade at them, but to have cogent conversations. Let's talk about race. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about race. 
Now, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm sitting here anxious, saying to myself, oh, man, here we go, <laughs> a race. You know, it's like walking on thin ice. We can all fall through at any given second, die a horrible death, hypothermia. You know, but so why talk about it then? Why, why are we talking about it? I guess, we, uh, you know, one of the many reasons to talk about it, that's the first thing, many reasons. But one of the main reasons that hit me right now is that obviously we're going through the Democratic um, uh, selection for Democratic, uh, you know, somebody to run against Donald Trump. So we can have the election November 2020. And um, what I'm noticing during the debates is that whenever the topic of race comes up, it seems to be one common talking point, and it's a weak one at that. Everybody's saying, oh, when it comes to race, we need to have a discussion, period. That's it. Everybody say, oh, we need to have a discussion, period. But nobody's discussing it, except maybe Elizabeth Warren just a little bit, you know, she's basically saying, no, it's more than just a discussion. We need to have a plan. We need to have a program. Reparations for descendants of American slaves. That's what we need to do. So, and then period. <laughs> and then stop. So, I think if we're going to talk about it, then we're really going to have to talk about it. But before we talk about it, before we talk about it, we should at least all be on the same page. Again, we don't have to agree with the words on the page just as long as we're on the same page. And I think, subjective, um, I think that most people, they know when you say race, they know what, you know, white people, black people, Latinos, Hispanics, Asians, American Indians, indigenous, indigenous Americans, you know, we, we kind of understand what race, what race means, um, but it goes deeper than that. And what I'd like to do is just read from the Webster Dictionary to give a elementary school definition of the word, eighth grade, you know. Um, Webster says, a family, tribe, people, or nation belonging to the same stock. I could get with that. A class or kind of people unified by shared interests, habits, or characteristics. I could get with that too. Okay, that's race. Like I said, eighth grade definition of it. But what I would like to do is also go to the grad school definition of it. And this is from dismantlingracism.org. They're basically saying that race is a social and political concept. Now, isn't that deep? Race is a social and political concept. It's not a scientific one. Race, for social and political purposes, in large part was was, was, was invented to divide and conquer poor and working white people from poor and working people of color. Now we're going into the history, <laughs> you know, 
to keep to divide and conquer poor working white people from poor and working people of color, poor and working black people. The term white was constructed to unite certain European groups living in the United States who were fighting each other. Italians, Irish. We're going back to like the 18. I don't know if you guys saw the movie um, Gangs of New York with Leonardo DiCaprio. We're going back to, you know, that time, you know, 1810, somewhere around there, Gangs of New York, where white gangs were fighting other white gangs. But at the same time, were numerically minority, were a minority in comparison to the numbers of African slaves and native peoples. So the term white had to come about. Now here is what is really intriguing. All European immigrants did not and do not become white at the same time. The Irish, Italians, and Jews. Becoming white involves giving up parts of your original culture in order to get the advantages and privileges of belonging to the white group. Now, it gets a lot deeper on this website than just that, but isn't that just deep enough for right now for our first podcast? Think about it. I mean, if you're if if you're if you're if you're a white American and your great 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 grandparents came over for some you know, massive migration, like from Italy or from um, Europe after the after the um, World War II. When you when they came for, uh, through Ellis Island, white people at Ellis Island immediately started to uh, show signs of racism towards your great 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 grandparents. And it was a necessity for them to do a couple of things because they did not think of themselves as white. They thought of themselves as Italians or Germans or Jews, you know, Russians, you know, anything. They didn't see white. That wasn't in their lexicon. What they needed to do was to change their name. What they needed to do was to get rid of their language. What they needed to do was to lose their accent. Why? In order to become white. In order to assimilate. And then once the assimilation process was complete, they were white. Extremely deep. (laughs) Extremely deep. But I like it. That's the grad school definition of the word. And like I said, you don't have to agree with me. You really don't. You really don't. You don't have to agree with the the, uh, the website, you know, dismantlingracism.org. You don't have to agree with it. You don't even have to agree with the Webster, you know, Miriam Webster, their d- definition of it. But I think that in order, again, to have that conversation, let's talk about it. These are the things we have to at least, you know, understand what the other person is thinking. Because if we do that, then we can have, hopefully, a consensus. Okay, let's 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 get to that. Let's get to that. Let's get to the consensus part.
Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about a consensus. Let's let's put politics to the side for a second. Let's put race to the side for a second. And let's see if we have or we can share or we can come up with a same ideology that will protect and put a smile on your face while that same ideology is protecting me and putting a smile on mine. And I think what we need to do a lot of times, especially in today's today's political arena, which, which is fraught with so much hostility, I think we, what we need to do sometimes is just fall back, fall back on what makes this or what has made this country so great. And that's the Constitution of the United States. The preamble in particular. I mean, we all know how it starts off, but have we actually ever really stopped to break it down? We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, let's stop right there for a second. In order to form a more perfect union. Now, I am not an English scholar. I don't know the difference between a, a, a dangling participle Versus a stiff participle, a rigid participle. That's not my thing. But I do know that that part of the preamble, in order to form a more perfect union, we're talking about future tense here. There's no period. There's no exclamation point after that. We're talking about future tense. And that's what makes the Constitution a living document. In order to form a more perfect union, in order to to continually form a more perfect union, making that tomorrow will be more, more perfect than it is today. Establish justice. We know that the justice system needs to you know, be revamped. But when you put it with that first part in order to form a more perfect union, we know that the justice system, just like the Constitution, it can be amended. It could be made better. Tomorrow will be better than today. Ensure domestic tranquility. Have you ever really stopped it? Ensure domestic tranquility. Domestic meaning here in the United States, tranquility meaning tranquil. Tranquil, everybody. <laughs> you know? Okay, so your neighbor, your neighbor is a different color, different race, different creed different sexual orientation, tra domestic tranquility. You don't need to, you don't need to harbor, you don't need to harbor a, 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 a chaos or agitation. You don't need to disturb the peace to ensure domestic tranquility. Provide for the common defense, that's great. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to our children, to our children's children. This document will be around much longer than you and I in order to make sure that our children are safe. 
to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. We the people. Let's fall back on that sometimes when we call each other names. When we think about, ooh, I can't stand those that group of people. Let, let's fall back on the preamble and what it means. And what it means, not just to you, but what it means to your neighbor. What it means to them. All right, so that's our first podcast for, for today. Our first podcast, hopefully many more. I am looking for, you know, Great debates. I am looking for for things that will make all of us think, you know, and um, not only just think, but love one another. So let's do that. Let's think and let's love one another. Have an excellent night, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys soon.